turned. Whatever selected. Whatever has been selected. We are now starting again with Bound by the Scene podcast. We sure are. We really are. This is the second time we're doing this. It's surprising that we even made it to this. Well, I live here, so I was pretty certain (laughs) I I would be here. Well, you do live here. I, I, you don't, you did it. You <laughs> fucking did it. So if you don't hear a Coca-Cola cap popping. Well, they do. I see it right there. I'm just saying if you don't in the next episode. I, I died. You, he died. And we now have a new, <coughs> we now have a new co-host, compatriot, cohort, comrade in arms. I am Tentacle Bound. This is Bound by the Scene. I am joined here with my co-host, Spirit Binder. Yeah. Yeah, you are. So how was your week? How was your weekend? Um, arduous. Long. I slept very little, despite wanting to sleep a lot. And not for any fun reasons, just because, like, people can't turn their goddamn phones off. We live in a day and age where people keep their phones on silent. I know I do. And no one turned their phone off. Well, th- this is kind of funny. I thought they were getting like a lot of messages into the night, but then I figured out that this person's phone, um, if the if the charger isn't in the jack just so, it will continually disconnect and reconnect. And some phones make a noise whenever that happens. Oh. So I figured this out Sunday night. Okay. And so then I disconnected the phone and tried to go to sleep. I got a whopping three hours. That sounds god-fucking-awful. And then I had a... Six-hour drive. Oh God, that that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh no! Why can't people just pay attention to their devices? And then I had my school week, so <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I can't. But uh, but I I made it. I'm here. I don't want to. I don't want to complain too much. That's fair. That's an earned privilege. <laughs> that, that, um, but it is an earned privilege, as you just said. So. Your ability to complain is perfectly valid. I will mm-hmm. allow the validation <coughs> of the said complaining. Right. Yeah, we went, we went to the store and we got some more validation for complaining. Yes, we, we have a bag of it for right now. Oh, boy. Well, okay, so what are we talking about this week? So today, this week, since we, we were both preoccupado over the course of these past couple of weeks, We'll be discussing relationships. Uh-huh. Kink dynamics, hierarchies, differences, and this will kind of go into some nuances that we didn't touch on in the first episode. Right. So while we did mention dominance and submission, that is also a form of a relationship, a form of a dynamic. Yeah. We will also be delving into polyamory or ethical non-monogamy certain other topics that I well I don't necessarily feel prepared to deal with uh-huh or mention I will be talking about them as non-confrontational as I possibly can right well it's not confrontational not, not, that's not the word I'm looking for as hmm I want to say it's as open-minded as I possibly can you're not going to talk shit on these people that's for after this. That's for after. Right. I don't need people to message me right now. I'm gonna shut. I'm gonna shut. I'm gonna turn. Put my thing on airplane mode. Wow, how professional. I know. I. I just. I don't. I don't want to deal with people right now. I did you see Kanoko's shoot in New York? Yes, I did. 
I am thoroughly amazed that he actually put out a call on Instagram for a bunch of just random riggers to join him. Yeah, I saw that. It was super cool. I was a bit sad that I couldn't throw my hat in on that ring, but I probably wouldn't have gotten very far anyway. It would have been worth trying. True, true. But I did I did actually get invited to go to a private kink event out in New York. Oh, cool. But that's actually <coughs> going to be interfering with the convention that I want to go to, which is in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And that seems, and I do want to meet a bunch of old connections and network again. Nice. So I'll be doing that probably instead, but I'll be blasting the kink event, the private kink event. Blasting it, you say? Blasting it like a, a load uh, on the... Uh, the bit's out of control. Let it go. Yeah, no. Let it, it go. It, it's it's already calm. Let it fall. die. You're, you're finicking with your stand. Yeah. Again. Does it not want to behave? You see how it goes down slowly? Very slowly. Yeah, and that, I had to, to sit and watch for a little bit. Right. Okay. So, relationships. We love them. We hate them. Half the time, we don't even know what the fuck to do with them. Yeah. And that's just in the vanilla world. Mm-hmm. What is your experience with kink relationships or kink dynamics or dating anybody that's kinky mm-hmm. if, you had, if you've had any? So I discover like a good way through a lot of my relationships that I am actually in a kink relationship and I was not formally aware of the fact that I was by discovering like some of the partner's interests and it was like, oh, cool. I thought this was a regular relationship. Guess it's not. And then like negotiation happens again. <coughs> we really need to do something about that cough. Yeah. It's, it has its own continuity at this point. I'd, I've considered dying. It has not worked. No, I can relate to that. Anywho. But yeah, um I've been a fair I've been in a fair number of um kinky relationships. Um my most successful relationship was uh, a polyamorous relationship. Okay. So you have some experience with ethical non-monogamy, if you will. Yeah, and like it it's kind of um I think for some mindsets it it makes a lot of more sense once you discover it. Because, like, non-monogamous relationships don't really make a lot of sense to me. Non-monogamous or monogamous? Monogamous, I'm sorry. Okay, I just wanted to clarify because um, that's, that's going to be a bit interesting mm-hmm. when we go forward. Because my personal experiences I've delved into a little bit. I've kind of strayed away from polyamory. Yeah. Polyamory doesn't really mesh well with my, my vibe. It well, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's not that it's a lot of work. It's that the ones that I was in weren't the best relationships I've had. Mm-hmm. The best relationships that I've had are the ones that were monogamous, which is very odd for someone that plays with multiple people but is only romantically and sexually invested in one. Right. So we're going to go from here into discussing more along the lines of basics on the essential idiosyncrasies of certain kink relationships. So one of the biggest ones that we can talk about at the moment is probably the easiest one, which is dominance and submission. Uh-huh. So again, we discussed playing with hierarchies in the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 
what is your experience with them? What are what are some telltale signs that you knew if you were in a DS dynamic? Uh, it's got a lot to do with the um, just how people act in the general everyday. Some people are naturally um, they take a submissive role because they're comfortable with it, and that's just how they know how to operate. So what I find myself doing acting in like a dominant position when it's not something we had discussed just as a, a way to be functional. I'm like, wait a second. Okay. We have shit we need to talk about now. Um, in other respects, it's been something that has come out in the bedroom and extended into the, the other parts of, um, of the life. But I've also had relationships where like the bedroom stuff was completely vanilla and it was like a DS relationship just as a person to person. Like this is a person that wanted to be, um, shamed all day and then you know towards the end of the day when things would become more intimate um I don't want to use that terminology when fucking occurred when that they were, happened yeah uh, it goes back to my um my stance that you know foreplay starts from the moment you wake up in the morning like it's an all day thing um and that's the relationship I learned about that the most in okay um, the other easier one to talk out, talk about is MS dynamics because they fa- it falls into the same thing as DS except there's a, I guess a little bit more exchange of power or total power exchange as the the kids like to call it these days. Mm-hmm. So you have relationships that are based upon collaring an individual, uh-huh. and the individual that gets collared is obviously the slave. Mm-hmm. You can take it for what it is. It is essentially a little bit more of a controlled dynamic mm-hmm. so you have everything you have everything down hat sometimes it can go based on just strictly 1950s household style where wife stays at home or slave stays at home pardon me not always the person has a wife it's just a slave things happen and the master or the caregiver is the one that deals with a lot of the day-to-day things mm-hmm. or i've seen it in some regards to where the slave is the one that takes care of all uh, basically it turns into a secretary thing if anybody's ever watched the secretary mm-hmm. where the dude takes care of all the major stuff <coughs> and the secretary takes care of all the paperwork and the odd jobs or in regards to that and mind uh-huh. you of course there's some uh, i'm i'm i would be yeah there's a million permutations of that of um I see the biggest difference is with a with a dom sub thing. It's kind of a there's a little bit of a will they won't they dynamic. What's going to happen? We just don't know. Uh, master slave seems to be a bit more like you know what the you know what the end result's going to be already. Um, how is it going to happen? The fun is in the method and the details, and usually a lot more in the predictability of what's going on than um, like the kind of play you can get between a dom and a sub fucking around with each other. Agreed. And the MS dynamic is ha- is very, very structured. At least as far as I've seen it in certain issues, my experience as a slave, it was a structured relationship. Mm-hmm. It was a very, okay, I, did, I woke up, I made sure my mistress had her coffee, I made sure that her clothes were ready for work, mm-hmm. and then I proceeded to either do it correctly or do it in, and if I did it incorrectly I'd get beaten scolded what have you and then mm-hmm. the day would proceed on whereas a DS dynamic would probably not have those same th- that same structure yeah 
And from there, you can kind of branch it off towards top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most basic of basic relationships as far as kink is concerned, where it's just the person plays the bottom. The top plays the bottom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is where the current individuals in my life probably sit. Mm-hmm. I have a few people that I play with. Some of them in varying degrees of emotional exchange, I guess would be the best term. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're, but in, for all intents and purposes, we're not exclusively dating. Right. And there's, you can throw in rigor and rope bunny, even though I hate using rope bunny because it's actually a wonderfully derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, flashbacks from when people call themselves rope bunnies as a as a term of endearment is interesting. <clears throat> Apparently now I'm coughing, which is weird. Haha, <laughs> you've caught it. The plague? <coughs> or the death? The coronavirus. Oh. I didn't drink a beer. That's when I get home. Bud Light virus. <laughs> Alright, so we've gone through basics and kink. Let's go basics and vanilla because people transition from vanilla into kink. Uh-huh. Most of the time. Well, I think there's a distinction we haven't made. And what's that? That's uh, lifestyle versus sex life distinctions. Because um, what you were describing earlier was like a, a lifestyle kink where, um, you know, it's on all the time. That's how you live. But some people only want to do this stuff like when it comes to like bedroom stuff or they're doing scenes. Um, and outside of that, they're not involved in it whatsoever. True. So I think that's a pretty important distinction to make. Correct. And I do appreciate the the lining back into the conversation. So you'll have people that are like me that do it when we can. Mm-hmm. We are inherently kinky. That is a that is a that is a chip that was installed into our operating system and that's it's almost like a virus. Like uh-huh. the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have others that kind of are in the dynamic 24-7. That's what they do. This is their shit. They live it. They breathe it. They uh-huh. make money from it. They show up to Starbucks in a collar, and you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. All right. Cool your jets. <laughs> and, yeah, God. Please don't ever do that. Please <laughs> just fucking don't do that. It you if you can cons- if if you're forcing other people to consent to your scene, you're not really being a good gangster, right? Um, then you have people that just strictly keep it in the bedroom. That mm-hmm. that's where they want to keep it because the public eye is a very it's a very cruel mistress, if you will, mm-hmm. being publicly kinky and then having other kinksters shame you for what you're doing is right. a is a real thing. And then you just have the people that just like the idea of it. Yeah. So these are our several different archetypes. Then you have just have people that are curious. Yeah. Which is usually where you start. You that's your that's your little journey as the little baby kingster. <laughs> You're just curious. Now, as vanilla people, that I I can't really say that I wasn't at one point. I've had a lot of vanilla relationships before I had structured kink relationships. Yeah. But they usually typically ended as kink and bedroom. Right. Most of my relationships while I was vanilla were monogamous. And if I wasn't seeing anybody else, I guess the easiest term would be I'd be a whore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd have 
I, or serial monogamy is actually a thing. I'd bounce from person to person to person mm-hmm. to person and just be a husk. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that combo meter up. Yeah, got to gotta make sure that my sure yukins are EXed at the end of it. I'm glad you caught the reference. What might somebody want to be prepared for when migrating from vanilla strictly monogamous or just fucking around into being kinky well i would i would probably keep two things in mind right um we have uh we developed these things called schemas which are like scripts about how things are supposed to work um and <clears throat> whenever they change too much we get uncomfortable right um so I'd say as you're dipping your feet into the pool, um, be prepared to be extremely uncomfortable or very rarely pleasantly surprised if you jump in on the deep end. I would only try to change one thing at a time, you know, maybe have your next relationship be monogamous, but like kinky in the bedroom and then maybe extend that into like kinky lifestyle but don't go, you know, I, I've decided to join a polyamorous harem where we're a leather family and we wear leather all the time. That may be too much of a switch at one time. There may be too much different to be used to get used to. And if it doesn't feel real enough, your brain will tell you that it's not real and you'll, you'll never get used to it. It'll just stay a fairy tale. And that's a very good way of putting it because you see that though. You see it as you're walking into various, I guess, scenarios. Like I've seen people, and this is strictly this is strictly looking from the outside in. I guess would be the best way to look at it. Uh huh. So we run into there's a lot of newbies that come in and out of the scene. When the dungeon in this area was still open, you would see a new person every weekend because it was open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh huh. Every day brand new person walking whether a guy whether a girl whether it be 18 whether it be 80 and yes i said 80 instantly you'd have people flock around them like flies to shit Mm -hmm. to corner them into being the first person that gets to get gets that taste gets that to experience gets their hands in the fucking cookie jar that sounds terrifying it is it is very terrifying Especially when people of higher regard tend to mask it as I'm teaching. Yeah. And this goes back to the the joke that we played that we're we are we believe we're inherently good people and mm-hmm. we're, <laughs> we're just trying to shove something down <laughs> someone's throat. But <laughs> giggity. Anywho <coughs> enough of the dark shit. So typically you want to focus on dipping your toe in with that process. So yes, if you go into the scene with your boyfriend, your lover, your other significant other, um, having those that, are the choices for partner. I figured people would, yeah. act, I figured people would kind of get that understanding. That's why I just said significant other, because right. you can write that off as something on your health insurance. What if I want to bring my insignificant other? Uh, kudos to you for allow, keeping them around <laughs> as an insignificant other. Um, I think that's reserved for just the friend. Mm. 
not the best. No, friend. they're like a significant other, except you're shaming them. Oh, okay. So you've already established that dynamic, though. Yeah, they don't know it, though. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Terrible. That, that's a thing that is bad, by the way. I mean... Don't do that. Please don't. Please don't. So, vanilla to kinky, taking baby steps. What if someone doesn't want to do baby steps? Oh, boy. Um, then they're probably going to jump into the deep end. Um... Which I don't really have a problem with if you know how to keep yourself safe. I think it's a little bit more than just keeping yourself physically safe. It's like mental... Because you have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to sit here and go, I'm going to be part of this polyamorous rope harem that's filled mm-hmm. with a bunch of hedonistics that don't <coughs> that don't actually get themselves checked. STI, uh, that get their STD checks. Yeah, that's a problem. It is a problem. But it's a weird thing. So how would you... How would you assess the mental gymnastics that it would take to talk to this person and let them know hey there are, are you doing all right is this okay are these things is is it just because these things are that sh- that new that you've never experienced or is it just something to escape yeah i would just um i would be a friend of that person like more than just a um if, if at all possible, be somebody that sees them on a regular basis to where you can, like, watch how they're doing. Um, and, like, if it's affecting them negatively, those things are very hard to hide. People think they're very easy to hide, but they're not. Like, they'll be more impatient. Um, a lot of the times our emotions will act like kind of like an immune system for us. So they'll reject things that we're really uncomfortable with, even if we really want to be accepted. So you'll see this person being really conflicted a lot. But, um, like, it may be hard to tell what people are, like, lying about. But, like, if you read body language and watch actions, people almost always tell you the truth. So you can just pay attention to this person because if they've decided that they want to do it, there's very little direct way of telling them, no, don't do that true um just make them as informed as possible and let them make their own decisions um and if you if you know the people that are in charge well enough and you're brave enough um like you can try and bring it up to them this is the kind of thing that you and i do but i don't at all recommend that everybody try to do because well because it also can come off as like well you're trying to impart yourself into the relationship and yeah that that's a whole muddy nonsense that we will probably never talk about because that's that's too much of a off-hilter topic to mm-hmm. even warrant a, a entire discussion because shitbags will always be shitbags. Right. So that's why we called them that. Exactly. So in the changes from seeing just strictly monogamous relationships and then seeing seeing people willing them willing Willingness to give con- give up control, willingness to give up their flesh, I guess would be the best way to put it, mm-hmm. in hearkening on, on hedonistic desires and everything in that form and fashion, we can start going over the changing of the head spaces. Because once... Because now, even as a society, we've be, we've, we, I've seen a little bit more acceptance of, like, poly relationships. Yeah. Or being bisexual, or being bi-curious, heteroflexible, homoflexible, what have you. Mm-hmm. The, the entire spectrum. That change of headspace is 
is can be very jarring yeah. at times. I knew growing up that growing up in a very traditionalesque like Roman Catholic family, the idea of a man dating a man or a woman dating a woman was already shunned enough as it is, but a single individual having multitudes of relationships was mm-hmm. very jarring when I first learned about it. Right. What would you say was your experience learning that polyamory was a thing or when did you learn it? Um, I learned it when I was having a lot of online relationships. So this was like super fucking early in my life. And then, um, I don't know. I guess the thing is that like jealousy and ownership has never made sense to me. Um, and when I was like analyzing kinds of behavior, you know, I was seeing, um, you know, like the, the boomer, uh, I hate my wife memes. I was thinking about those and I'm like, that seems an awful lot like somebody got tricked into a weird form of slavery and I'm not sure which side is doing what, but like this, what I'm looking at now, this is failure. This is what a bad relationship looks like is hating your partner but not being able to move out of whatever thing. So I was like, well that well that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, well what is the problem? You know, maybe this person can't satisfy all of like your psychological emotional needs you have. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well humans are tribal creatures, right? Like we have entire societies, so it makes sense that you shouldn't expect one person to just be your emotional slave and take all your shit for you. Um, and then from that point onward, monogamy made less and less sense to me. Okay. I mean, I, I can't say the same for me, Mm -hmm. um, as an individual that while I'm not, I'm not typically traditionally monogamous, I guess would be the easiest way for me to explain Mm -hmm. that. Um, and by that, I mean, while I can form bonds with other people, while I have a focal point, I have a individual that I'm emotionally and romantically attached to, I can have other people that I play with on a grander yeah. scale. Um, I think while I was with somebody for roughly about nine months before they moved away, I played a variety of people during that entire thing because I was also an instructor, because I was also someone that was teaching people about specific types of play. I think it made it okay for my partner because she was also in a very committed relationship. She was married. Yeah. So that turned into a very interesting dynamic where I was dating a married woman. We were, we were, because there was nothing in her relationship that she was experiencing, we were technically monogamous. Oh. Theoretically, anyway. And I love theories. I do, too. That's a wonderful concept. So, with me learning about polyamory, I learned about it when I got into the public sphere of things. Well, I kind of knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it more as open relationships. Right. And that made no sense to me because I have such an innate fear of contracting any STDs or STIs Mm -hmm. that it makes it laughable that I even, with my medical conditions, have sex. Right. So the idea of having more than one person that you sleep with was always that really icky 
kind of like I I don't think I can do that. Right, right. And then learning about polyamory is like, well, how can I? I'm going to be a little bit of a technical geek here. How could I partition my mental fucking hard drive to mm-hmm. separate my emotional and my romantic interests between few pe- uh, like several people? Mm-hmm. Then I experienced it. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. And overall, it was a weird and a very highly jarring experience because the person that I was dating was polyamorous. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Right. So learning that all over again was very very weird and yeah while it didn't while polyamory can be a good thing i've seen it it i i just don't know how it's i i can't sit there and put my finger on it how it works functionally mm-hmm. especially when i can't tell what other people are thinking half the damn time yeah that's a big part of it um i think the place that a lot of polyamorous people or people trying to get into polyamory mess up is their standards aren't it's not a matter of high or low it's a matter of specific um so like you set rules and when somebody breaks those rules they've broken your trust and they're out and that's that's a majority of how it works so um like a partner and me had had this idea right we were um, you know, generally polyamorous in everyday life, but both of us were open at festivals and conventions. Okay. So we were allowed to run around and have fun whenever we want, and all we needed was, like, let me know what you're doing. Pretty straightforward. Sounds about right. Yeah, and that almost never was a problem. Um, so that worked pretty well, but as, like... There is as much negotiation that goes into creating a polyamorous relationship as there is in getting a scene or a relationship set up in the like the uh, dom subsphere. Yeah, there is a lot of negotiations that go in with <clears throat> polyamory, and I've while I've sat down and I've matured in my thought process, like a wine. I I'd be a pretty shit wine right now. Mm. I'd be even worse as a whiskey. Mm. Well. No, I'd probably be a really good whiskey right now. Maybe. Who knows? Anywho. I do. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, just like negotiating scenes, there's a lot that goes into it. And negotiating relationships is something that I realized was also an option. Mm -hmm. And adjusting my mental capacity to focus things on that to express mm-hmm. that okay these are certain things that I do want these are certain things that I don't want I liked the adjustment as I learned it properly mm-hmm. as opposed to just being thrown into a polyamorous relationship and kind of calling it quits yeah so relearning that whole like oh by the way here's all of the cards on the table here's what I like what I don't like here's what I need what I don't need and mm-hmm. what are your thoughts that has made for a lot better interactions as opposed to... It, it makes vanilla relationships better, too. It really does. And I'm surprised more vanilla people don't implement it because... They don't know they're supposed to, honestly. True. I mean, like I Like, we, we grow up with all these rules. Like, you get your ideas for how relationships are supposed to run from, like, how your parents and all the people around you act in those relationships growing up that that's where you take you know monkey see monkey do kind of activity i had this weird advantage slash disadvantage where like 
you know, there was a divorce super fucking early in my life and I didn't, we were pretty isolated because of the nature of the family and the way we kept moving around. So everything that I learned, I had to learn on my own and take apart and analyze. So by the time I got to the dating sphere, I was like, okay, I know exactly what I want and exactly what I don't want. And like, I think that's a cornerstone rule of just BDSM in general is know what you want and then don't settle for anything less than that within reason. And I think that's a lot of the problems that we'll be we'll be discussing going forward in this topic because settling for less is what gets people hurt. It's really easy. Oh yeah, of course it's really easy. You see a, and this goes back to uh, what was what was that thing that we? Uh, well, we keep looking at my couch, so I assume it's that. Well, the couch is great, but it has a it, it's attractive, mm-hmm. attractive privilege. You see a pretty face. A pretty little. It doesn't you matter. just want to sit on it. You just want to sit on it, but you also settle for what that person wants, as opposed to what you want. Right. It could be anything. It could be somebody with a certain skill set. It can be a specific hierarchy. It can be mm-hmm. a specific dynamic that you are looking for and enjoy so much that that's what you want, and you settle for it, not knowing that what they want is not what you want. Yeah, I've um maybe this is from doing the the polyamory thing too long or. The fact that, like, I tend to get what I want and get out in a way, but like, I generally know how long my relationships will last, and I'll be up forward, I'll be upfront about that. Like, like, I'll be like, I don't expect this to last forever, I expect us to hang out until we're good, and then we, as friends, go away from each other. And at first, it seems like if I say this to this person, they're never going to talk to me again, but it's worked out for me far more often than it hasn't. That's interesting. I may take a page from your book because mm-hmm. mine is a little bit more. I'm not going to say fluid, and I and I want to say it's a little bit. It's structured a little bit differently than yours. Uh huh. So typically, when I get into a relationship, it's more of a okay. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't want. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. If anything changes, let me know immediately. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that I can, I find that last part is where a lot of people mess up. Because it's hard to bring um, grievances to the table. Well, it's not even grievances. It's, hey, I'm falling for you. Mm-hmm. As opposed, Because I've had, I will give it case in point, one of my first play partner relationships that turned into the relationship was with that married woman. Right. Almost immediately in two months in, she came to me, said those exact same words. Hey, we need to talk. I'm feeling a certain way and I want to know where you sit uh-huh. or where you stand. And it wasn't on her face. I, I, I saw the hand gesture go up and I was like, no, it wasn't on the face. That happened later. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Eventually. Eventually. You can't lie to me. True, I can't lie to you. I mean, I'm kind of in front of you. You can kind of pick up on my body gestures. Uh-huh. With all that being said. So I've I found a lot more success with people that can be that vocal with me, but also at the same time, it, while they can be that vocal with me, they can't accept me being that vocal with them, which turns into very weird, a very weird dichotomy. Uh huh. Yeah the the problem that I've seen, uh, what I was referring to earlier, 
is people that are like, well, the relationship was going really well, and then all of a sudden, like, they never talked to me, and they disappeared all of a sudden, and I don't know how that happened. Because telling somebody that they have to straight up negotiate with you to get anything done can be intimidating for some people. True, and especially if they're not used to it. Uh huh. I've I've known that one for a while because sometimes with some of the relationships that I got into, the person wasn't used to the idea of, oh, I can, I can just say that I'm having an issue. Mm-hmm. I can just say I need to walk away. Like I I learned this like how to have those talks from an extremely strange place. You ever been watching kids and you're like, okay, this is a teachable moment. All right, little Timmy, this is why you don't touch the fucking dog. This is what happens. I don't have an, I I guess my only interaction, interaction with children is when I was growing up having to take care of like my cousin's kids. Yeah. And most of them were just a little shits. Yeah. So I can, I can kind of see that where, Hey, by the way, here's why you don't touch the knife. Yeah. But you'll see these moments and you're like, okay, time to have this conversation. Um, and obviously you would have more, um, topical affect for what you're talking about. Yeah. You probably wouldn't be like, oh, this dumb bitch. Anytime like you, like your girlfriend's <laughs> sobbing, like that's, that's not appropriate. Um, <laughs> unless you've negotiated that into the relationship. It's probably a time to stop playing if that's going on, to be honest with you. I mean, if you're playing in my sphere, probably not. The crying is where it begins. Mm. But yeah, you notice that there there's a thing going on that I have to address. We've hit a moment where it's topical to talk about this sort of thing, and then you talk about that sort of thing. Because um, there's nothing more that I hate than getting a text message that says, we need to talk. Oh, fuck. Because I'm like, now, now I'd like to die. <laughs> so it, like, if you start a relationship with, and I'm not saying don't do this, but if you start a relationship with, um, if this happens, we need to talk, that... You know that that's a little anxiety bomb waiting to go off. Fair, and and I probably should readjust how I explain it. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a hey, look, if certain like things change in your emotional sphere, if you have certain feelings that you want to discuss, by all means, discuss them. Yeah, in an open sphere, there is no judgment. If you need to walk away, if you need to do this, I'm probably a lot more lighthearted than yeah. just. By the way, if you feel if you catch the fifis, talk to me. Yeah. I think what I'm trying to say is um, a lot of people have a fire and forget mentality with that. I was like, well, I told them to talk to me, and they didn't, so it's their fault. No, for fuck's sake. I was like, have, like, an iota of emotional intelligence, please. (laughs) Like, you know, if this person's constantly looking at you to see how you're doing, and you're over here playing fucking Gears of War 17 and not noticing anything that's going on, maybe there's, like, there's a dynamic there you should be exploring. There really is. And oh, fucking shit. <laughs> I'm not trying to come after you with that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it was not, like, you know what I'm talking about. I know right? exactly what you're talking about. And I've seen it so many fuck off times. And it astounds me that there is the lack of emotional intelligence. Yeah. You don't get to put all the emotional labor on another person and expect them to just get it. Yeah. And I've seen people make fun of this term, but I've also seen the studies that show the detrimental effects of having to carry all the emotional labor and it puts people in hospitals. So I don't really feel bad for talking about it. Uh, no, mm. you really don't need to feel bad about talking about it because it, it has, and it's put me in the hospital mm-hmm. quite literally something about not eating, sleeping and drinking profusely for six fucking days straight is not a good thing. Right. That, that's kind of unhealthy. Mm hmm. Just an FYI for anybody listening, that is a little bit of an FYI. Mm-hmm. Now that we've gotten that kind of 
turmoil kind of down hat there's there's a lot of emotion there's you a say down hat down hat hell yeah that's a new thing it, it is a thing i love that term it is a favorite of mine um and i just started recently using it again especially on well, i thought the term was like down pat I think but now that but I now that it's down hat, that means you can throw your hat. Yes, it, it, you you throw the hat down, as opposed to down pat. I don't. Why would you call it down pat though? Like you're down patting your leg, or you're like grabbing a person name pat and putting them on the ground. Well, I have one of those, so I can I can attest to this method. Uh, hold on one second. Hold yeah. All right. Well, he's doing that. <laughs> Sub line. Oh my god, the the play on words is is real. All right. So during this entire portion of this conversation, this is mainly the back, mainly the transitioning period for Vanillas to Kinky, and we've gone over a portion of hierarchical relationships. So MS, DS, we've done top and bottom, and there's a little bit of other nuances that comes with like being a, a someone's sadist, someone's masochist, someone's rope top, someone's rope bottom. It's a poker term. It, exactly, poker face. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, no, okay, fucking do it. Um, with that being said, we can because we can focus strictly on hierarchies in relationships for this topic, uh-huh. but I feel like we can kind of branch a little bit deeper into the idiosyncrasies much more with than just sticking with okay, someone likes listening to somebody else. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on individuals strictly going into typical or atypical relationship archetypes? Like they go into the scene together, they leave the scene together, or they go into the scene together, then they end up swapping partners. What are your What are your thought processes on that? Um, I'm not sure because that's that that's a pretty general thing. There are so many other factors that could be going on there that that's that's not really enough data for me to make a judgment on them. Like I don't if there's um if there's a couple that really loves doing kinky shit and they like doing it just with each other but around a, a lot of other people so they can see. I don't really have a problem with that. <coughs> I would get uncomfortable with other people pressuring them to mix around and like the other setup sounds like something pretty common, honestly. Fair enough. And m- the reason why I'm, I bring that up is because there is this part that I have written down. Uh-huh. And we're getting to it. And I'm trying to avoid it. But that sounds like a script. It's not a script. It's a bullet point. Because this entire thing is, is is strictly based on, okay, I, I just want to touch on this topic. We discuss it and go forward. Uh-huh. And his typical relationships are easy to discuss. Mm-hmm. You have person likes other person. They date. They either date for a long time or they don't. Right. Then you have atypical ones where it's okay. You can use polyamory, for instance. Polyamory is typically an atypical relationship because it's not considered socially normal right and if we strictly focus on delving into the dynamics because dynamics are relationships as much as people don't like to see them Mm -hmm. even if you're not being emotional or romantic there are certain types of relationships that do garner really interesting attention Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on ddlg um 
I kind of see it as um, dominant submissive relationships with a lot of role playing slathered on top of it. Okay. Um, there's some things about it that make me super fucking uncomfortable. Um, oh, we haven't gotten to the part that I'm going to be that, that we're talking about that's going to make us very both both of us very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But anything like super age related um, makes me discomfortable. Well, from what I was looking into. Because I did have to do some digging into this to even conjure up a specific opinion. Sometimes DDLG doesn't involve age. Sometimes it doesn't, but I've seen it involve age, uh, age regression so often. And I think I think that's another like a place that's a burn for me because like in this context, it's a play thing. In psychology, it's a symptom. So you know, splitting those apart some of the time is difficult. Like, why is this person regressing what happened to them? And, like, I I have nothing but, like, I don't have any animosity towards somebody just because they do DDLG, but, like, my problem-solving instincts are going to kick in as soon as I'm around them. Fair. Um, I don't have that mm-hmm. kind of response. It's more of a, there is something wrong. I feel gross there's a reason why I feel gross. Mm-hmm. I need to get the hell away. And I'm going to try to be as subjective as I possibly can. Yeah. I, I'm going, now that was the word I was looking for. Subjective. Mm-hmm. I finally figured it the fuck out. I just needed to let my brain not think about it. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that it's something that disgusts me. It's just something that like puts me in a defensive space because I think there's something doesn't feel right, but that's, that's more related to the symptomology. And plus, like, you know, where I went to, like, high school and stuff like that, there was a lot of, like, that kind of relationship going on with people that weren't of age and shit like that and, like, people dating their sisters and shit. So, yep. like, I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how else to broach that. Well, because we mentioned it, because we brought it up, we will give... I will give my my take on the subject for that. I I'm not comfortable with it. I won't be. I can respect people for being doing that <clears throat> as long as I don't see age regression because age regression is also a facet of it. You're correct. Mm-hmm. You're very correct. It is a not a pertinent part, but it's there. Yeah, it is, it's almost like a fifty fifty split. Mm-hmm. Now there's also the caregiver aspect of the of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. There's also the age complete age regression. And that's the that's a part that's a part of that specific dynamic. That mm-hmm. You have to kind of walk into knowing that other people aren't going to really kind of vibe with it. I yeah, guess it would be the easier, the kind of correct terminology to do. Now, with that down hat, with that specifically out of the way and discussed, we can move on from it. Well, I'll I'll put myself in the line of fire for a second. Like, um, I feel kind of hypocritical about this too because I'm I'm really into pet play. Okay. Like having a pet. Those dynamics, if you take out the age regression, they're not too different from each other. No, they're not. And if we, if we want to go up this hill, we'll go up this hill together. Right. So, as somebody that also doesn't mind pet play, mm-hmm. I mind I don't mind it for a different reason, mm. and that's the degradation aspect of it. Oh, right. That yeah. makes sense, yeah. Because removing somebody's a- autonomy, removing them or placing them beneath an animal. Because mm-hmm. I love animals. I love. I, I, I have a Shiba. 
Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an adorable little doofus. I have not met him yet. You have met him. I you have. have met Genji. Oh. He's the calico-colored Shiba. He's, he's a ninja. I can't see him. Well, he was. he's not immediately in our purview, so yes, you <laughs> cannot see him. Um, I wouldn't know that. He's a ninja. Exactly. He, he's, he's probably going to go ahead and throw shuriken into the back of your damn head. Right. And then hurry. Scream. <laughs> I need healing <laughs> as he runs away. <laughs> but... I enjoy it for the full on, the full aspect of degradation. Uh huh. That like the idea that my animals mean more to me than the person that I threw in a fucking kennel and poured water on. Right. While my dog creeps in my bed is is an interesting like aspect of that that relationship. Yeah, that yeah. Dynamic, and that's where I, that's where I that's where I can sit and compartmentalize it and enjoy it, as opposed to I can't keep a person that I would have as a toddler, a teen, an adolescent or right, yeah. in that headspace. I can't I can't justify myself thinking that way. Mm-hmm. I can treat a person like an object. I love objectification. Right. I love degradation. Those are things that I can sit there and go, a, a consenting adult agreed to this. Right. And I get to do these awful things. Mm-hmm. So that's my justification for it. What is yours for the whole pet play thing? Um, I really like the caregiver aspect of it, and I kind of understand, like, this comes from a weird space. If you've ever seen a cat, like, wandering around and been like, man, I wish I could just fucking do that instead, and understand that other people have had that feeling, and then you can be the person taking care of them for a while. Um, I actually had a relationship like this. It was with a, um, um... I can't remember if she was an RN or an LVN, but, like, on Thursdays, which is one of the days she had off, she just wanted to be a cat all day. So she'd come over and hang out for six hours and not worry about anything. And, like, I would answer her phone for her and shit. And she could just be a cat around the house and be dressed up and do whatever the fuck she wanted. And that got her through her week. And we did this for about, like, seven, eight months. Okay. I can can fuck with the idea. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I... I would love a personal pet. Yeah, really absolutely. Would. That that is a fantastic idea. I would love to be. Able I think to a lot of people wouldn't agree to it, but if you just gave them one, they'd be pretty down. I mean, if someone gave me a pet right this second, uh-huh. I would be hard pressed to turn it down. Right, especially if it if they if it fits like a specific criteria. You wear the ears, <laughs> you wear the tail, and I get to throw you under a makeshift like kennel that's attached to the bed mm-hmm. that you get to sleep in. Like that, I would I would be tickled fucking pink. Yeah. And again, this is both of us shooting ourselves in the foot because there's I'm sure there's someone that's that's going to throw. Fuck you! This is a casting call. <laughs> <laughs> the couch is ready. <laughs> oh fuck! Look at that couch and tell me it's ready for anything. I mean, that is a sleepy couch. That's a very sleepy couch, especially with the fact that there's like yarn. Yeah. No, it is perfect. It's perfect for a sleepy <laughs> cat. It really is. We can definitely have... That wasn't planned. No, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't, but we're, we're adding a little bit to the mix. Mm. All right, so since we, since we now delved into what our ideal... Because we, we just talked about an ideal situation where we both agree on. Uh-huh. What's something that we can figure out that we disagree on? Because... It seems like there there is a there is a general understanding that you would 
be far more happy in polyamorous relationships, correct? Yeah. And I'd be far more happy in monogamous relationships. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody that was strictly monogamous looking to join a poly family, a poly network, or even just trying to understand poly? What what would I say to them? What would you what would how would you walk them through it? What would your what would your standard approach be to giving in this information to? Well, I would want to know what part they were interested in. Well, we'll start at the basics. Mm. Why should I try poly? Based on the way you're talking, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, all right. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can rearrange the words <laughs> in my head to get a better response. Uh huh. I'm interested in more than one person. Okay. How do I go about making that known? How do I go about initiating this as a a thing to where I can enjoy both of them and still let them enjoy other people? Well, the biggest part of that is them negotiating with their current partner, the one they're already with, because I, I assume they're with somebody already. You can probably be correct in that assumption. So they have to kind of figure out, like, okay, is this happening? Do you want to be with more than one person because one relationship isn't working and you don't want to jump straight off? Are you actually just interested in two people? Um you know, would person, would your first partner be fine with opening up? Um, here's where you get into some of the morally tough part of it. Some people will agree to a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship to not lose the partner, even though they're not comfortable with it. And that's what I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, it, it's a pretty tough thing. Um, most poly people I'll date at this point are either super, super well read on it or they're very experienced with it. Um, I'm kind of gun shy about people that are new about getting into poly relationships because I've seen people hurt themselves so many times doing this kind of stuff because like people think they're a lot more comfortable with more things than they actually are because uh, yeah. you're like I can date multiple people and then you know you're at, it's 4am and you're really lonely and you don't know why you're upset but you definitely are like there have been those moments that have happened for people yeah I can I can attest to those but I'm kind of of the position. If I if I find myself in that same position, I, I would be like, they're not sharing their time with me right now. I have no right to try and demand any of it that they're not willing to give unless it's something we've already negotiated. So I need to stop being greedy, and then I go to sleep. That's fair. And what would you say to them if somebody that's already in poly relationships that is looking for time management? Because I know everybody has – there's there's some jokes in poly groups and everything. Oh, we just get Google calendars. And no, no, that's not a joke. You do it. Absolutely do that. Yeah, that, but I see it as a meme. Uh, there, I've seen some people like kind of scoff at the idea, what, what do you mean you have to have to set schedules and time frames and make sure that everybody has an equal amount of time to themselves to recoup from the fact that they're dating other people? Well, it's kind of, um, it's a weird correlation, but most people I know that are poly also have really busy lives in general because I find them to be all extremely sociable people. So they, they always have stuff to do. So you've got to coordinate certain dates and certain times and realize that a lot of these people may be a lot more independent than your average partner. That's a problem that I've had in a lot of relationships where I've been told I'm cold and standoffish when I thought I was giving somebody space because I am an extremely independent person. 
big mood and that, that that's that's something that i i <coughs> i also deal with as well as because i i typically don't come off as somebody that needs mm-hmm. like comfort or needs attention or needs anything because i'm just the the dude standing in the corner smoking a cigarette just brooding for over existential existentialism mm-hmm. but in reality no there, there's just it no one's saying anything no one's communicating yeah, and that's usually the biggest issue I've run into is the lack of communication. I like to keep lines of communication open, but like, be pretty smart about when you meet up, and be willing to be spontaneous, even if you haven't scheduled for it. If you can make it happen, um, because you have to understand that at the end of the day, your goal is to be the happiest and have the most fun while hurting the least amount of people. Um, or in my case, hurting the most amount of people. That's not humanly possible. Right, okay. Harming the least amount of people. <laughs> there we go. I like the the change and shift for that one. You hurt as many people as you want. Harm few. Harm uh, harm few if and if none if possible. So we can we can keep talking about polyamory because polyamory is probably one of the biggest 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 shifts in in continuity when it comes to adjusting from vanilla to kink because that's that is the one thing that i've seen i i've had friends i've had partners that come into the scene expecting one thing and getting another right and it burns people it really mm-hmm. does because they're not mentally prepared for the wonderful vastness that is multiple emotions mul- a, a lot of attention a lot of love coming from different directions <coughs> but it's also equally as harmful when that ends well sometimes in these contexts um a lot of the people that exist within them and a lot of the people coming to them have had a deficit of like a lot of attention and acceptance for a long time um and then you'll run into people that have also felt that they're like that sucks i felt that once I don't want to feel it again. Here's one million milligrams of attention. So if you go from having a deficit to having way too much, it's going to fuck with your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. It'll fuck with your mental process. It'll fuck with just about everything. And that's how some kink dynamics can be, mm-hmm. especially when you go from not playing ever to all of a sudden every weekend you're either getting beaten, getting roped, done, or going into that role playing esque or being submissive to somebody, there is a deficit. How would you attune yourself to adjusting to that if you were just starting out right now? I know you you are a rather eloquent individual. You already have a lot of experience managing your time, managing your bandwidth, as it will. How do you do it? Um How do you recharge? How do I recharge? Um, I'll usually, well, hmm, I have to think about how to talk about this without making it a spiritual thing. Um, you, you, this is, this is you, man. This, mm-hmm. this is, a, if you want to, if you want to be spiritual about it, by all means, I, well, I think throughout your life, you, there are some things that resonate with you on like a spiritual or a deep mental or a meditative level that, um, they just take no effort for you to do. And you always enjoy interacting with them. And a hard part about that is knowing what they are and knowing that they're different for every person. So, like, I know a person that um, uh, they have a specific show that they'll watch all the way through if they really need to recharge. 
or um, for me, I have to experience a new kind of story or something like that. Um, or like I'll just binge a show, but I'll do something creative by myself. And that'll get me put back on track along with having just time to myself. Okay. Um, I know as somebody that is very, very introverted, mm-hmm. my my way of recharging when it comes to dealing with multitude of people or multitude of partners in my sense is I just need time to myself. Mm-hmm. I just need the ability to go ahead and focus on whatever stuff that I've kind of left on the wayside. Mm-hmm. Like if I've decided to focus on strictly working to make sure that I get up in the morning, make sure I take care of my business, make sure I go to work on time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm really bad about that or even just get some sleep because I typically don't sleep mm-hmm. if I can help it. And it turns into these really interesting issues where there are some people in my life that do require a lot of time. Uh-huh. They do. And there's nothing against them. It's just that that's what they like. That's what they enjoy. And that's what they need. And adjusting myself to that is is difficult mm-hmm. because I'm somebody that doesn't require a lot of time. I like the time that I get with people. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. But at the same time, I do need to sit down and go, okay, I need to seriously recharge because I'm running on empty. Mm-hmm. And I think learning that as you're getting into kink or as you're getting into poly relationships or even ethically mon- monogamous relationships where you're not so focused on the aspect that kink is always inherently sexual. Right. Which is another topic on this subject that we probably do need to discuss for this specific discussion. Uh huh. Because. I find a lot of people do not know how to separate it. Because granted, don't get me wrong, kink is a very sexual thing. Uh-huh. No matter how many ways you slice it. But separating the fact that just because I'm playing with your person doesn't mean I want to play 20 toes with them. Right. And I think that's where... W- what do you like? You're, you're 20 toes. 20 toes, man. You, that's too many toes. It's a little bit too many toes. Uh, but you, I, I, I like the fact you're liking my euphemisms. They're they're doing great right now, and I'm gonna need to figure out how in the world to edit that audio out. <laughs> That'll be fine. Oh no! Here's a list of things that are fine. That that's fine. That's specifically fine. Yeah. Oh goodness. Fair. Fair. Especially fair. now. So, what are other types of relationships that we haven't discussed? Because I know we've strictly focused on monogamy, polyamory, some hierarchical relationships, a kind of controversial-esque ones. What are some that don't get any light? Um, uh, interscene relationships. So your relationship to your the person who runs your dungeon, um, your relationship to the person that runs like, like a house, maybe the head dom or the head teacher of an area. Um, those aren't necessarily sexual relationships, but there's definitely a sense of subservience there. Okay, so something like uh, a leather family's family, or yeah. a pa- uh, or primal packs pack, mm-hmm. or a, a rigorous rope family, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, so I've been a part of two different families. I've been a part of a well, actually three technically. Uh, I've been a part of a pack, 
uh-huh. even though I wasn't primal. That was a very, very weird experience. Yeah, I imagine. It was so fucking awkward. Uh, and then I have, I've been a, I'm still a part of one rope family, and I think me and you are actually in one, correct? Yeah, we're starting one. We're starting one, yeah. Um, what were you, what are your, what are your thoughts on what a rope family is? Cause I can give you what mine are. I really don't have any clue. You don't? Not really. No. Fair enough. So a rope family is typically a group of riggers and rope bottoms that are prime. At least this is just what I believe it is. It is just some way for all of us to kind of exchange knowledge and kind of grow as riggers uh-huh. or as rope bottoms to kind of see where, what was that squeak? That is a small dog. Why the hell do you have a small dog? I don't. It's outside. It's a loud, small dog. It is a loud, small dog. Oh, goodness. But that's, at least that's my understanding of what a rope family is. You're just exchanging information. You're getting closer and you're building everybody up to have the best experience and to kind of keep each other safe. Mm-hmm. That, that's at least from what I understand and what I what I perceive it to be. Yeah, what what I've the idea I've gotten from it is it's just like a group of people that are cool with each other that want to expand their skills. That's a pretty pretty good definition of that. So packs, have you any familiarity with them? Um I haven't met any in San Antonio, but the the ones I've met elsewhere is like I don't think it was related to their kink. But the specific people were kind of fucking goofy and try hard. <laughs> and I don't think they were a good representation of what primal packs are supposed to be. But god damn it if they weren't like the best people to take pot shots at. Is it like taking pot shots at furries? Because they're, they're just such an easy target. No, I've, I've actually got a lot of respect for furries because I see how much fucking money they spend. That's a lot of money. I know, right? How... How are you going to drop almost two to three thousand dollars on a fucking mask? Yeah. No, if you can get support from these people, you've you like, you know, if you can live with the stigma of being associated with furries, they'll fucking take care of you. And it seems weird that somebody would choose that over being accepted when we're already hanging out in fucking kink clubs all the time. Like, I, I like, I like furries, but I, I make fun of just about everybody that I possibly can. Absolutely. Um, actually <coughs> I don't make uh, fun as much fun as I do furries as I do age players. So we'll, we'll just throw that one under the fucking rug. Anywho, packs. So my experience with the pack and having Penny Arcade Expo. A Penny Arcade Expo, not packs, not P A X, packs, P A C K S. Uh huh. Fuck you. I have a lisp. Political action committee. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill you. Then you eat myself. Uh, anywho, so. My experience was a little bit odd only because there is there was no real set way that they did anything. It was yes, we answered to our pack leader, whoever she was, and any decisions in regards to living standards. It got very in depth. Like there were certain things that when we did that involved asking for permission. Like, I know at one point there was this weird issue with another group of people, mm-hmm. and there was a specific ban from us to talk 
talk to these people, which was odd. That's kind of weird, yeah. Only The reason I say it's odd is because most of the people that were in this group, like our pack, uh-huh. were group leaders. Like, we managed the local dungeon. Oh. And the other people were also managers of this dungeon as well. So we had to communicate. On top of the fact that I was dating one of their daughters... You see how this kind of didn't yeah. make a lot of fucking sense. Uh-huh. So I guess my experience in a pack is probably not the best. Yeah, mine isn't either. But like I would love to meet other well-represented packs and like I would love to meet any pack leader that isn't just like look at me, I'm Machismo man. Like well the thing is our pack was a pack woman. Like she was she was the matriarch of our of our group. And it was a very interesting. It was very. It was a very interesting experience. I. Well, I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of good. There was mm-hmm. a lot of bad. But all in all, it was just a very odd thing because there's there. Were, I had this image in my head of what a pack would be, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that. That's good. And I don't know if it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I guess at this point, it's good. But it's. It's it, it's just weird, and I I would be I would love to act again. I would love to see an actually functioning pack, mm-hmm. just like I like to see a functioning poly family. Right. I I, ha- I live with a function a functioning poly family, and I try to understand how they do it, how they make it work. But they've been doing poly since way before I was even right. conceived. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting on how they do it, and I'll probably do a little bit more research on it just to kind of further nourish the cranial cavity that I do have mm-hmm. leather families what are your what are your do you have any experience with any of them I've been like adjacent and friends with people that are in leather families but I've never been involved with one and I never really asked at the time okay because so I was in a poly group ah so I didn't have any fucking time the <laughs> oh boy yeah, being polyamorous we we never have time do we Anywho, so leather family, those that's an interesting one because that, that tailors into the leather lifestyle, which is a whole different ballgame because mm-hmm. some leather families aren't even kinky. Right. Some of them are just in the gay leather scene. Right. And it leather itself is a journey. Mm-hmm. Like typically, if you join a leather family, they, they eventually, they, they vet you, you go under it. You go under a specific type of relationship where you're kind of being sponsored by somebody, and by the time you oh, so it's like a a motorcycle club almost. It, it it's it takes a lot of the same things that motorcycle clubs do. You get sponsored in, mm-hmm. vetted, and the person that typically sponsors you is the person that gifts you your first pair of leather boots. Oh, cool. It's it's really interesting, and that's to signify that you're on the same you're on the journey to becoming leather. Mm. Then eventually they give you a leather vest, mm-hmm. and if you've been in the leather family for a while, <coughs> or if the head of the family, if the head of that leather family has been in it for a while and has done a lot for the community, has done a lot for their leather family, they are gifted a cover, mm. and that cover like a hat, yeah, a hat. And it can. We're back to the fucking hats. We're back to the hat because everything is down hat. <coughs> and that's to signify that you've become a master. Oh, yeah. And that is that. 
and, I, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, and this is just from what I've seen as far as the kink community is concerned, because a lot of kink people that receive the master status are leather, mm. typically. And you will see leather people gift leather to non-leather people. Right. I have been gifted a leather, a leather vest at one point. I've also, I've also been instructed on how to make my own leather vest by somebody that is now covered who deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people... That's cool. I, I wish them the best. I, I do too. And I've also seen people that have deserved it and not gotten that, that cover. Rude. And then eventually get covered by other people that weren't leather, which is a very interesting subject. And we won't really go into that one too too much. But these are all very interesting dynamics that do come with the territory. They really, really do. Because you can sit there and go into interpersonal relationships all day. But becoming friends with people that are in these different scenes. And you get you, te- you, you tend to get absorbed into yeah. these things. I guess uh, a thing that I want to <coughs> die, express, is... Um, Usually, whenever we move into a new sphere, um, we assume too many things are the same. And understanding that the kind of relationships you can have is another, like, on on the, the Skyrim character creator that is your life, the kind of relationships you like can be another one of those sliders. Oh, yeah. You can certainly adjust it left to right and everything in between. Granted, the, the actual slider is probably about... Good it's three. more like a circle, really. I was going to say pictograph, but that's a little bit weird. Yeah, the pictograph can be anything. Yeah. I, I like the slider only because you can gauge it to being like a, thr- a, a wall. Mm-hmm. And you can bracket it off into certain segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll always use it as a way to partition your brain. Uh-huh. Um, you will always segment yourself into certain spheres. You will always have certain friends that do certain things that you are, you're going to be friends with them regardless. If, they, if yeah. they're leather, cool. If they're furry, fantastic. If they're age players. Here's a question. Here's an answer. Are furries a kink? Yes, actually, it is a kink. It's a kink. Okay. It's, it should be a kink. I don't, I don't, but I think it falls under primal play only because you adopt your fursona. Mm. They get, they typically get adopted into the primal s play because you are anthropomorphizing an animal right and that's at least that's my understanding of it i'd like to talk to a furry and see if they think they're kinky or not Mm. because if they don't i want to see why because when i was like much younger and and doing a lot of online role playing like i i never really dove into the furry sphere but like if you're in any role-playing setting i guarantee you there is a furry there hanging out Oh yeah, most definitely. They're most definitely for hanging out. Just like there's the closet, or not the closet dom. Nobody can party like these fucking people. Let me tell you. Let I'm not telling you. I'm warning you. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> You'll die. Uh, is that an invitation to the next furry party? And I don't know if I can invite you to something I haven't been invited to. Fair. Fair. Furries, if you're out there listening, I would like to go to one of your parties if the option is for me to uh, commit the yeet. Not you do not commit the yeet. You get yeeted upon. Yeeted, not yeft. I mean, that's up to you. No, thank you. I can't tell you how to live your life. No, I don't want to. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No. So, we've... 
We've touched upon a lot of different archetypes, a lot of different relationships, a lot of different facets. Is there anything specifically that I you feel I'm leaving out? Um, or that we haven't touched upon? Yeah, I guess the question is, how do you get into these? Like, if, if this is aimed towards new people trying to get into the scene, and they've already put up with us talking for an hour and many minutes. I mean, if you want to save that for a part two, we can. What do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess we won't need to do a part two, but getting into these different things is is this. So <coughs> that'll depend on a number of factors. Like, what type of play do you do? Uh huh. Like, if if because even spankos have a very specific creed. And yes, I'm using the term spankos. Go ahead, laugh. <laughs> it it doesn't sound like a kinky thing. It sounds like something you'd buy at like Target. <laughs> I'm going to get so much shit from my Spanko friends. I, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Spankos are just individuals that just, they strictly like spanking. That's literally it. They don't play. Are you sure it's not like a diner? If it is a diner, find it. <laughs> I will fucking sit down. And Somebody eat. finance my new restaurant project. <laughs> Spankos. Get your diner and your spanking on. I guess I don't know. I don't know how to how to segue into like a a slogan for this. But I guess the easiest way to figure out if any of the it is no, God no. Oh damn it! I was hoping that that was an actual restaurant or diner. Oh, check out this book. What book? Give me one second. You said check out a book. There you go. Spanko Seek. Oh, no. There's a there's a book. I'm not promoting that. I don't even know who wrote that. <coughs> I'm sorry. I don't think it's hard to figure out. Oh, I do know an absurd amount of about, uh, an absurd amount about spanking because of one of my previous partners, though. Spanking is an art form, apparently. It really is. And. It, it is really difficult to not like bust open your hand. Exactly. But it's also really interesting if you learn how to cup your hand just right. You can actually cut somebody with your fucking hand. Yeah, see, I naturally do that. I do too. I have but to. That's mostly because I like slapping people. Like, Well, I enjoy slapping people too, and that's a special art form. Like, a lot of what we do is an art form, man. Right. It really is. Like, there's a, you got to take pride in the fact that you can open palm somebody, make their brain rattle, and then make them splooch everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Like that I, ha- is I don't have a lot of experience with that last part if I'm slapping them in the face. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it is fucking great. <laughs> it really is. To see the light kind of bounce in between their eyes and then just all of a sudden, oh, clean up on aisle five. <laughs> Something I was super interested in but could never like... It was never ethical to pull it off, let's say, is when I was studying martial arts and I was learning about synapse knockouts. I'm intrigued. Well, your head cannot go left, right, left really quick without going, fuck this, and turning off. You see it a lot in boxing. Okay. So the flurry punching in the face? Yeah, because it going, like, changing the direction several times makes your neurons go, fuck this, too much. We're done. For those of you that cannot see this, I'm scribbling in my hand, pulling off a piece of invisible paper. Sliding this into my invisible pocket for later. He has a phone. Why isn't he using the phone? Because it's <coughs> because it's funnier that I do this without my phone. And why are you reaching for a fan? It's my biggest fan. 
It's very small. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's fucking with me. that fucks with the audio something fierce um so getting into these different fa- different facets different relationships it's i guess it's about finding a little bit more about yourself as far as what you enjoy do you like structure if you like structure then probably leather is a little bit more your thing leather master slave Leather, Master Slave, DS. Like, if that's something that honestly interests you, that might be where you look towards. If you like hierarchies, but you don't, you like the fluidity of, like, being a little bit more brawly, being a little bit more fighty, flighty, Primal might be your thing. Mm-hmm. If you just like... And I think even being in a poly house is a thing, because you can be polyamorous with people, as friendly with uh-huh. polyamorous people, but not date them and still be in a poly household. I think I think that's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, a poly um, a poly household is the space specifically. Um, so you can be like, I want to live with these poly people, and most poly people, their idea of extended family is a lot easier for them to jive with than most people because most mono people, um, they're super into the nuclear household. Okay. Most poly people are super into like a communal setting, so so we're back to tribes at this point. Yeah, and yeah, anybody in the house is part of the tribe. Like, unless they're a fucker, then they have to leave the house. Gotcha. So, also, um, we talked a lot about how to get into this stuff as subs a lot. Like we mentioned, like getting stuff done to you and stuff. But um, if you're learning to, if you want to learn more of the dominant side, most doms are full of themselves. And will absolutely mentor you. Fun little fact. This is a very accurate. <clears throat> but you also will have people that will... You do have people... You do have dominants that do have some, like, actual... There's a word that I'm looking for. Is there, what the fuck is the word? Meteorites. No, it's not fucking meteorites. Antigone. I'm going <laughs> to keep saying <laughs> words until I find the right one. Uh, I know a lot of words. I would hope so. If you didn't, we wouldn't be able to talk. Communicate. Asphyxiate. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> uh, God, I'll figure it out. It, it's... Mm, They're doms, they do a thing. What is that thing? That thing is, it's... A respectable. Some of them are respectable, and they'll be able to kind of either properly teach you or at least point you in the right direction to somebody that will Mm -hmm. with that being said yes most of most people do have a a bit of an ego and will love to shed their information like it was the holy grail of information on you yeah i learned this backwards because somebody was like teach me and i was like fuck off because i didn't want to I think I don't think I teach a lot of people, especially with my rope skills. I think I have like a select group of people that I enjoy imparting knowledge on. Well, you're you're an exhibitionist, so your idea is like film it and figure it out for most people. That's a very accurate way of <laughs> explaining. Just like Kenoko Sama. Yes, just like him. Now, getting back to the actual talk because we fucking went off on a tangent again. As you play with your biggest fan, so getting into these things is a little bit more of a 
it's just about finding yourself specifically, I guess would be the easiest one. If you like knowledge, you can be a members of a household with a group of friends and just exchange information left and right mm-hmm. without having to get into coitus or emotional or any type of bonds like that. With that being said, though, don't be surprised if you hang around with a group of people that you're a lot more intimate with in just sharing information. <coughs> sharing information with that you end up getting involved with the peop- these people. Mm-hmm. It happens. We are human. We. It is why, and it was. It was. Ex- Speak for yourself. I'm a fucking gremlin. I'm a troglodyte, so it's okay. <laughs> um, typically, as individuals, we we form very important bonds with the people that we're closest to, and sometimes it's turn romantic. So, just an FYI. I think that's about it. I think we've kind of exhausted the amount of information we can kind of delve into this without getting a little bit too nitpicky. Because mm-hmm. play partners, it's very ex- very explanatory. It's just an individual you play with. There may be sex. There may not be. There may be romantic system. There may be not be. Same thing with tops and bottoms. I think this is about it. I think this is where we can kind of just end this end this specific topic. End yeah. This specific episode. Is there anything, any last words you'd like to do? Because we do have a Spotify. It is up and running. Yeah. Do you want to plug your, plug yourself? Like, throw your Instagram? Not yet. I'm Not still working on it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll leave it as you can loc- locate this on Spotify. At I the do moment. have Red Rope coming in. That's cool. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Will you be conditioning it the traditional way? Absolutely. I appreciate How dare it. you ask me that? <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there and say it is essential. You'll be here. You're right. I will be here helping you. And I'll bring a fucking settling torch for this. So that way we can make this go faster. At least the burning part. Because sitting there with a lighter inch by inch by inch. You know nobody has any idea what we're talking about, right? I know. But we're right now we're kind of just talking. Because I haven't really had this type of discourse in a while. Right. I've had other forms of discourse and my god this is tiring but anyway you can download discourse and then you can add people to your server (laughs) fuck off with that shit (laughs) anyway this is Bound by the Scene thank anybody and everybody for listening au revoir catch you next time later